The world was rocked on Thursday, February 24th, when Russia invaded Ukraine, and so many of us watched in horror and felt helpless, wondering what we could do. A couple of days after the invasion began, I stumbled upon a video that was shared virally from a man in Ukraine named Andre. Andre was sharing stories on his Instagram about food storage and how he believed that listening to his church leaders and being prepared with food storage was a blessing not only to him, but an elderly neighbor who was in need of food and life-saving medication. Andre's connections to local farmers and food suppliers allowed him to gather food for many of his neighbors, and after his video started going viral, with the help of donations around the world, he was able to provide food to those in need during the invasion in Ukraine. Unfortunately, when some of his friends in Russia tried to contribute and send him donations as well, the banks put a stop to all the donations coming to him and started reversing all the transactions. Today, we're helping Andre collect donations so that we can send him one large wire transfer instead of many small transactions coming into his bank account that could be reversed. If you'd like to donate, you can Venmo Corinne, C-O-R-R-I-N-E-K-A-M-A, or visit the link in our show notes, or you can text DONATE to 949-506-2558, and I'll text you a link back to the Venmo you can donate to, and we will get every penny over to Andre. Andre's story really touched me so deeply that I reached out and asked if he'd be willing to share his story and voice. And that's what you'll hear today. He's sharing what's really going on in Ukraine right now, what it feels like for him and his friends and family and neighbors, and where he's been able to find peace. His dedication to faith and to being an instrument in the Lord's hands is such an inspiration to me, and I believe it will be to you as well. Okay. Well, Andre, you are in Ukraine. Can you tell me what area you're in? And basically, let's just start off with what you're experiencing. I think people, the number one question I got from my followers and that I have is what is really going on there versus what it seems like maybe we're not seeing everything in the media. So what is happening right now for you? Well, I would come on the thing that I see myself, I know it's true. So uh, there's like huge amount of fake news Yeah. Uh, from either side, from Russians and from us, from Ukrainians. I don't know, for some reason, uh, it's really hard to, to know the truth unless you see it, unless you heard it from a reliable source, like your friends who's been under attack. Yes. I only trust this news. Right. So it's been... It's been um, difficult, strange, scary, overwhelming. All these things at once coming at you and you just don't know what to do with those things. As for me. And um, one thing that helped me deal with this is the help, not help, support yeah. from, from, from people all over the world who is just texting and, you know, Hey, uh, we are praying for you. We are fasting for you. We do this for you and that for you. Thinking about you, we have your back. It's like, whoa, these people have never seen me. They don't know me. They probably will never see me in real life, but they care and they have my back. And this helps a lot to, to cope with all this situation that we have right now. And yeah. today we had this bombing right across the so i live there's a little valley here mm -hmm. and i live 
side of the valley, and then the other side of the valley has been bombed today. It's like this is the closest that we got the fires. Wow. Wow. So that's really, I mean, I just can't even imagine. I can't, it's hard for me to put myself in your shoes and how that must feel right now. How are you feeling and your family? How, how are you guys feeling right now? Uh, I was scared, but now for some reason, it just, all this fear went away. I don't know why, I don't know how, but I just feel comforted by the Lord. And sorry, sometimes I might uh, emotional. That's okay. Please don't apologize. So I feel I feel blessed. I mean, it's it's wrong to say that at these times, but I really feel His presence and that He takes care of me. Yeah, I really feel that too. When you're saying that, I feel the truth of that. That's incredible. Can you tell me, Andre? What life looked like before all of this happened? You are, I've, I've seen a couple of times you said you're a, del, you have like a delivery service. You are, have a food delivery service. Can you tell me a little bit about that? A couple of years ago, uh, I started this uh, food delivery service with my friend, but then my friend had some other projects. So I run by myself right now and I was working and doing some deliveries, working with my suppliers. Yeah. And, you know, just living my life. And then this happened. And I thought, well, <laughs> there is no longer delivery for for the people, for my regulars, because what I deliver, I work with farmers. Okay. Where's their beef and all other stuff, chickens and their vegetables. So I deliver all this stuff that is clean and uh, good for people, you know, without hormones and stuff. Mm-hmm. This was my speciality, and so my clients now <laughs> being deprived of this. But there is so many people who need just basic stuff that they couldn't buy anywhere else. Now I think that's something I'm going to do. So, is everything closed right now? What is that like? Are our bakeries closed? Are grocery stores closed? What does it look like right now? Some of the, most of the local bakeries are closed. Okay. They don't have anything to bake with. Yeah. Because our city is surrounded by by the troops, by army. And mm-hmm. there's a way out or in, especially to deliver stuff or take stuff out. So they used what they have, what they had. And boom, they are out of business for God knows how long. So no local bakeries that we work with. The stores, the grocery stores are opened. Even if it's huge store, they let like five people in at a time, just trying to keep everybody safe. Okay. But okay. the shelves are empty there. I mean, if you go to a regular store, I doubt you buy, you know, stuff that you need. You would find probably chips, some cookies, maybe, but not basics not. like bread or eggs or meat things like that are out yeah yeah i have my supplier who has chickens and tomorrow uh hopefully i will go there if it would be safe and pick up some eggs for for the local people here yeah so i i found you because someone shared 
a story that you shared about food storage. And I thought that was so amazing. I want I want you to reshare what you talked about with food storage, but then I have a question for you too. I thought it was so beautiful that you would consider giving your food storage away because the human natural way of thinking is, oh, I have to save for myself. I have to make sure I'm taken care of and my family and my people. I thought it was so Christ-like that you would think of other people and I have enough and I've saved enough and how can I give to others? So tell me a little bit about food storage and why you've decided to save extra food in your home and then why you were willing to give it away. So we have two food storages at my mom, mom, mom's place. She has a huge food storage because she's just well, bugging me about you need to buy this and this and this. And then at my apartment, I have some stuff like water, some grains, jams and stuff. And we had this um, old lady at my apartments and she knows my mom. And she called her and asked her, hey, where's Andre? Can he come and help me? Because I would usually sometimes bring her water or bread or stuff like that. She's old and she lives on the fifth floor. And it's really hard for her to walk down and then up again. So she spends at home. I had this, I don't know, urge to help, you know, because I knew that I have food and I'm not using it. And I knew that I have enough for me to last another, I don't know, three months at least. I know that this lady is in, in trouble and she, she wouldn't get this food anywhere else, anywhere else. So I went there and I gathered some stuff. And I was as I was doing this, this, I don't know, inspiration, just clear feeling came to me that what you're doing with the food storage is true. And now you know this. Because before, I would think, why do I need so much food taking space in, in my apartment? Yes, right. I feel the same. We have we we live in California and we don't have a basement or a convenient place to store food. And we yes. have we have six people in our family. So it feels like a lot of space to take up to to save food for three months for our whole family. So I understand. So I wasn't a big fan of food storage. Yeah, my... yeah. But then I had this strong feeling that hey, now you know why you did this. Now you know why for like ever you heard prophets, you know, telling you to, to do the food storage. And this just came so clear to me. And since then, I just feel that I'm so blessed that I have this opportunity. And as well, the church teaches us that we need to be self-reliant. And we only can be self-reliant when we're able to give something away to others. So we have to first take care of ourselves, our needs, our family. And then if we have opportunity to give, that means that we are sufficiently reliant and we can help others. Yes. Such a beautiful way to explain that. And for anyone who doesn't know, Andre and I both belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we believe that we have a prophet just like in the times of the Bible where Moses or Abraham or there there are so many prophets in the Bible who got word from God of what they should tell their people to do and then they would do it and we believe that we have the same thing 
where we have a prophet who speaks to God and then tells us what to do. And one of the things that we've been told to do, like Andre said, for years is food storage. And in my lifetime, I've never seen a legitimate need where I or my family have needed to use that food storage. But it's really cool to hear your personal story of this is why you were told all those years to keep your food storage so that you could help others in this situation. So that leads me to my next question. Did you know this was coming? Because I feel like the media has given mixed messages about people in Ukraine knew this was coming or people didn't know it was coming. Did you guys know? Well, we heard the news as the rest of the world that Russia is preparing to invade. And at the time, it was like, are you guys, are you hearing yourself? Are you crazy? I mean, we live in the 21st century. Yeah. It's going to country. It's like outrageous. So that's how I thought um, most of the people that I know thought whenever knew and believed, I wanted to believe that this could be true. So we obviously didn't prepare. And then in news, when they would, you know, speak about this invasion and America would, you know, say, hey, Ukraine, you gotta do something about this and build your borders and something like that. And then our news would say, we don't think we're going to have a war. I mean, look at our shelves. They are full of stuff. And I mean, we are good. We're not going to be hated by Russia. And then uh, last Thursday, five in the morning, everybody heard the shootings all over the Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine, without all over Ukraine. Then it was like a bad dream. And then slowly we started to realize, hey, yeah, we've been invaded. Now there is no food for us. Well, hopefully we're going to get to how we can help you. I would really like to talk about that today. I want to know what your thoughts are on people staying, people leaving. Why do you think people, why do you think some people are staying? Why do you think some people are leaving? Because it seems like we're hearing stories of people who want to stay and then people who are desperately trying to leave. And what do you think is really going on there from an, from a perspective of someone who lives there? Well, um, I have many friends who left because they were afraid for their kids, for their families. Yeah. And I mean, I would be afraid as well. Many friends left because they had some relatives that they have to take care of or I don't know. So many friends have left Ukraine and specifically my town, uh, Kharkov, which is right on the border with Russia. So it's the first first city that they have invaded. It's like on the border. Wow. Yeah, so why people staying? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would leave, if I would have opportunity right now to leave. I don't think so. Uh, because I feel that the Lord wants And do you feel like most people are staying because they feel they want to stay to fight or to help or? Most of the people are hiding in bunkers or subways. And I'm sure that if they would be given a chance to leave, they would. Because no one wants to have their infant in the subway. God knows doing what. So, yeah. I'm sure that most of the people, if they would have chance to leave, they would, to a safer place. Their country, if they would be allowed to, 
or other place where it's more safer. But some people, I've heard from different news sources or interviews, some people feel a duty or responsibility to stay and fight. Do you feel like that is accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) sure. Um, plenty of people who are, you know, ready to fight for their country, for for their freedom, for for their, you know, uh, borders of their country, and uh, even some of my friends do some active work in this, especially in Kiev, where they been invaded right everywhere in every district of Kiev. So people are some people are fighters and. They just want to fight and they want to protect their freedom. Yeah. What do you feel called to do right now? Myself? Yes, yourself. I don't know. I just know that I know and pray to be an effective instrument in his hands. And whatever he wants me to do, I will do. I know that people here were trying to send money. Well, people all over the world were trying to send money. Can you tell me what happened when they tried to send money to you directly to to try to help deliver food and supplies to others? So after I posted my video about this old babushka who benefited from my food storage, mm-hmm. um, people started to ask how how we can help hey, let's help. We don't know how to help. And I had this idea, hey, why not to set up like a fundraising? Yes. And I use this system for my work uh, and I trust it. So I set the link and people would pay right away. It grew huge. So in like two hours, we gathered about $10,000 raised. And then some of my Russian friends uh, as well wanted to pay yeah you know contribute to the cause and this when the system alerted and said hey uh what is this why are you getting money from russia i mean yeah. you know you're trying to get money from russia so what are you doing exactly so i would send them all the videos all the text messages my website that i used and explain that I do the delivery service of food, and now people are willing to donate to, you know, for me to, to deliver this food to others. And they would say, um, no, no, explain why you have Russians to contribute or trying to contribute. Right? Yeah. Because they care. And they said, no, you got to return all the money. Why? Because, I mean, we're not going to give it to you. So the system when money comes to the system right next day they send it to my account but this money uh, i think it's like about five thousand four thousand dollars now that is stuck in there and that i have to figure out how to return back to original senders <clears throat> at that time um pearson family they um, offered to help with their Venmo and collect money there, which is much easier for me. And then they use the difficult way to send money to me through like all the uh, Swift wire stuff. I don't know how to explain. Yeah. Well, I I am hoping that we can set that up too because we'll have a few days. So we're recording this on Tuesday. Sorry, Tuesday. On Monday, it's... Is it Monday for you or Tuesday? It's Monday evening for me. Monday for you. 
So it's Monday for me too, February 28th. So hopefully by the time this goes live in a week, uh, March 7th, hopefully we can figure out a way that my followers or listeners can donate and we will get that money to you too. We have connections where I know people who know and trust you and I know that my followers trust me. So I'm going to try to find a way to get money sent to my Venmo and then sent to you so that you can continue to help people. I wanted to go back though to your friends, your sweet friends in Russia who are trying to help you because I truly believe there are so many good people in Russia who don't want to be associated with what Putin's doing. They don't believe in it. They don't want to be part of it. And I, we've seen on the media, we've seen people who are protesting in Russia. Are they really putting their lives at risk when they protest the war? Like what will happen to someone who is protesting the war in Russia? Well, they arrest them and God knows what they do. They beat them. So they different, you know, weird stuff to people. They probably put them in jails. Yeah. So that's not, so that is truly they're taking a risk if they're standing up to what's happening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one could stand against putting (laughs) in in his country. Yeah. Yeah, without being, uh, you know, put to jail or otherwise afflicted. Wow. I've heard that there's a lot of propaganda in Russia where they're trying to kind of tell people, oh, we're saving them. Do you think that's working? Do you think there are people in Russia who are believing that, who believe that it's really that Putin has good intentions? Or do you think they know that he's doing something very wrong? I'm sure there are some people who believe that this is right. Even uh, some people in Ukraine think that that's what should be happening. Really? Yeah. Because they believe Putin? No, because they uh, don't want want NATO to come here and be a country that governed really by the states, which is, I mean, hello, why would you care? I mean, would you rather to live in in war country or, you know, live in a successful country where you have freedoms and stuff like that. So I don't really know why people think like that. And I don't really want to comment on that. And to, to, you know, this part of the politics where people, you know, would think, hey, that time you said that this bad and then, you know, all this crazy stuff happening. You remember when the... um, in 2014, when there was another problem problem in Ukraine, in Donetsk. Do I remember that? I don't. Oh, but come on. <laughs> did I? Should I remember in 2014? Yeah, there is a... So we have this conflict in Ukraine. Okay. They in 2014, where two of the district, two of the states, I mean, I don't know how you would you call it, but like states yeah. in Ukraine decided to go uh, to break from Ukraine. Okay. And Ukraine would say, no, you're not breaking off because you are part of, of the country. Right. And Russia would say, yeah, they're breaking from you. So, And then Russia started to help those guys and Ukraine started to fight them. And for like eight years, we had this war in these two regions where people would, you know, just it's like a civil war where people would try to get their freedom from Ukraine or from Russia. And I don't remember why I started to tell you that. 
Well, it's probably because I honestly, I didn't know that that was happening. And I think that a lot of people are very confused by Putin's excuse that there was, that there's a genocide happening within Ukraine. That sounds crazy to me. But maybe there is something that has like, and I think that a lot of times evil does that. They'll take like a little bit of truth, like a tiny bit of truth, and then build on that into a lie and then get people to believe it. So I think maybe that's where you're going with that, that that conflict, is that where yeah. he's getting that mm-hmm. storyline? Mm-hmm. Because right in 2014, Ukrainians were divided. Okay. Not in, in, in reality, but they were divided by language. So Eastern part mostly speaks in Russian and okay. sort of would speak Ukrainian. <clears throat> and now they pass in laws that would uh, make you speak Ukrainian. So you're, you're always speaking in Russian because you live in this part of, of country and it used to be part of, you know, huge country, USSR, and people would speak Russian, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like grandparents, my parents, uh, myself, I went to school, I spoke Russian. Obviously, I know Ukrainian because they taught me this in school and I understand and uh, speak it and I love Ukrainian language. But what I, what I don't like when people... Passing the laws that leaving me was no choice. So I have to speak Ukrainian. On the streets, I have to speak Ukrainian. If I speak Russian, that's that's me breaking the law. So I don't understand that. And most, not most, some of the people would understand that too. And that's maybe where Putin comes from. But I wouldn't mind speaking Ukrainian. I just don't like when you, you know, pushing this on me. Right. And I understand that you're saying it's much more important to be free and to be an independent country than oh, yeah. than some of these other political things that are that maybe sound complicated, but really at the end of the day, that's what most Ukrainians want is freedom. Oh yeah, absolutely. And some people would think that when they are made, uh, when government makes them speak a different language that they spoke all their lives. It's taken their freedom. I mean, why not make two languages in one country? Like in the States, you speak what uh, English and some parts speak Spanish, right? Exactly. Yes. So so many other countries that speak many different languages in their country. That's, I mean, why would you even do this? Yeah. It's not something that you should care about. I mean, there are so many problems in in the country that you could be solving, not this problem. Exactly. I I agree. Well, so I want to move on to something else. I think one of the most beautiful questions I had come in when I asked my followers, what would you like me to ask Andre was, how do you maintain your faith through something like this? How are you still believing in God and in our Savior? Well, as I said before, these are the biggest experience that strengthen my faith. Because every step that I take is strengthening my faith. And I see how I see how the Lord works daily, every minute in my life, how He protects me, how He, you know, takes care of me. So I, it's not a question of how to you know keep my faith? It's a question: Why wouldn't you keep your faith, especially in times like that? Because what should you 
I mean, I don't, I don't imagine my life without my faith, especially in times like that. And I feel really sorry for people who don't believe, who don't have this source uh, to rely on. I agree. And it's so, it strengthens my faith so much to hear yours and to hear how much you are completely trusting the Lord. It's really, really just incredible to hear that. Yeah. And these times, I mean, we, we got to trust the Lord. Yeah. It's for us. How can people pray for you specifically? What do people specifically need? Are there things that we can pray for? Like, power. I know as you and I have communicated, you said, pray that we will have power and that yeah. I'll have internet. And so I did. I prayed last night and this morning that we would have power and internet so that you could communicate with me and that you could share this message. So that sounds like something that's really helpful. So you can keep communicating with each other. What else can we pray for specifically? If, um, if, if this would concern personally me, I would like you guys to pray for me to be an effective instrument in his hands to bring to pass his will and to whatever he wants me to do. As for the rest of the country and people, pray for their safety. Right now, people being people being forced from their homes because of the shootings. They couldn't stay there even if they wanted. I mean, there's no windows in their apartments. There's no doors in their apartments because of the bombs. And now they, some of the people went to Subway and the authorities had to lock them in. So nobody is allowed to go out to breathe the air or to go home and prepare a hot meal for their kids. So what we need is to be protected and to be in safe places. Okay, we can pray for that. What else can we do to help you? How can we help other than prayers? How can we help? Well, right now we are fundraising. This helps a lot and with the funds because uh, um, today, one of my suppliers is a re local restaurant and they have this um, dairy shop that, where they make like yogurts and cheeses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I saw that today on your stories. Yeah. And they would say, yeah, we have some left but the price is doubled or tripled mm -hmm. and i understand that because they don't have anything else to you know to do yeah uh, with the funds that been donated we were able to you know get everything we could it's not much but it's enough to feed like i don't know 200 people with yogurts and cheese and some jerky that we got and some frozen meat and they have some more frozen meat, so we will probably go there again and pick up more stuff. It is really helping. And it's real, real help that you guys can do for people of Kharkov. Okay, well, we are going to, I promise you that we are going to figure that out and set it up and have my followers donate to the people who listen to this who want to help. What do you hope that people will understand about what you're going through there for the people in America mostly who listen to this podcast, what do you want us to understand here about what you're going through there? I don't know what to say. Seriously, I'm, I'm stuck because past, like from Thursday when all this started until 
probably Saturday. I was really worried. I was depressed and I didn't know what to do, how to leave, what to do, where to go. Is this real? When this is going to stop? This is going to stop. So all these thoughts coming and never leaving and all this stress building up. And it was absolutely dreadful feeling. I wish nobody could, you know, experience that. Not alone with these feelings. But starting from Sunday, when people started texting, hey, don't be afraid. We are praying for you and we are fasting for you. Our words, our branches, our stakes are fasting for you guys. We have your back. Since then, I don't know how this works and why this works at all. <laughs> but I don't have this fear any longer. I'm not afraid. I mean, I'm scared sometimes. <laughs> When you hear bombs and shootings, uh, that's scary. But I don't have this fear that I had past three days. I don't have this stress that I had. You know, I'm really calm. And I hope and pray that more people would feel like that in times like that. But I don't think it's possible. I don't know why I feel like that. It's probably your prayer. It's not probably. I believe it's your prayers and fast and all the good words that you've been saying and texting. I mean, my DM on Instagram is full and I'm so overwhelmed reading and answering this. But I'm so grateful to every single person who took time and wrote to me and, you know, shared their thoughts and their faith and their beliefs and their support. And after that, I just like been another man. Like nothing is happening there and I'm calm and I'm good, which I couldn't say like three days before. Wow. I believe that too. I really believe that prayers work and that collective prayer, the more people collectively add their prayers and add their fasting, that it strengthens that help from heaven that you're getting. And so I I very much believe in that too, that that's a real thing, that prayer works and that the more... I used to think, how can my prayer help someone across the world? How does that... I If I'm praying for something that's happening in another country, how does that even contribute? But, you know, I'll tell you a story and this is nothing compared to what you're going through and it's totally different. But my husband's brother three years ago was murdered. And he, yeah, he was a landlord. He went to go evict some tenants that were staying in this apartment and they weren't paying rent. So he had to go ask them to leave because they were not paying the rent. And they shot him and killed him. And it was horrible for our family to go through. And because I have a, a platform, a social media where lots of people follow us and know our story, so many people were praying for us. And I just remember there was a time, there was a time period of like probably a couple of months where every day I felt like the Holy Ghost was just carrying me. I felt the Spirit just carrying me through that trial. And almost like there was a shield around me that I didn't have to feel all of the pain and sorrow that was going to hit our family. I felt like we had this, it was like we we're being carried through this trial. And then I remember after a couple of months that that feeling kind of 
went away a little bit because I think people forget and they move on with their lives and they stop praying as much and that's okay. But what it really did is it strengthened my testimony that when a bunch of people pray for the same thing, that it really does work and that it has an effect and that those prayers are heard and that there's this collective prayer that just encircles people when they're going through something really, really challenging. And so I believe now with all my heart, when I pray for things like the people, when I'm praying for Ukraine, I'm praying for the people in Ukraine, I'm praying for Andre, who I've never met. I believe with all of my heart that Heavenly Father hears those prayers and that exactly what you're describing, where you feel like the fear was taken away from you, I believe that that's real and that that isn't just something that happened randomly, that that is God and that that's angels and that it's power from heaven and that it's the Lord, like you said, carrying us through those trials. So I very much believe that with all of my heart too. Yeah, that's what is happening. I feel the angels being around me. It's shooting again. So yeah. And I'm so grateful for to to have this knowledge and to have these opportunities to share and to, you know, just really take my faith into action. Yeah. Andre, is there one, if there's one message, like one, you know, spiritual message or takeaway that you could share with the people listening to this, what would you want that one message to be? If you prepare, you shall not fear. That's the message. <clears throat> because the Lord speaks through the living prophet, and he tells us what we need to do to prepare and for what we need to, to prepare. And if we listen to the prophet, if we do as he tells us to do, as he pleads with us. I mean, last couple of times, President Nelson I'm pleading. So he's not just saying, but he was pleading with us to strengthen our faith, our testimony. And we really <laughs> got to listen to a prophet because times like that would come and we would never even think about. So we need to get ready and get prepared. If, I mean, if this doesn't come to our country, to our life, oh, well, we've been prepared. We'll listen to the prophet. And if it comes, then you would feel real blessing of a living prophet. I mean, people in Ukraine, they don't have food storages. I mean, they don't have this knowledge that you gotta, you know, do food storage. It's not something that we do here uh, locally in Ukraine. But for some reason, members of the church, and we talked to our friends, obviously, about this, and they would like, um, nah, that's something you guys do in your church but yeah we need to prepare for whatever is coming for us that can apply to everyone listening so yeah. i love your incredible testimony i'm so grateful for everything you've shared andre where can people follow along if they want to be friends with you and support you and and then see all of the good that you're doing because again we are going to find a way to have people donate and then I think it's really wonderful for them to see the deliveries that you're doing and the help that you're able to give others. Where where can they find you and follow you? On Instagram or on my Facebook page. I usually use Instagram. Facebook yeah. Popular right now. 
So I use Instagram. That's the only source. Okay, we'll put that in our show notes, but it's Andre Polonsky, P-O-L-O-N-S-K-I, right? Okay. All right. Well, Andre, we, I promise we will keep praying for you. And, and by the time this airs, we'll have a way for people to donate too. So stay tuned for that if you're listening. And thanks again, Andre. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcast and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.